and welcome to the sixth season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each episode, I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. My guest today is Timothy Huang. Tim is a New York-based composer, lyricist, and librettist. His musical, American Morning, which played in New York at Prospect Theater Company in 2019, was selected for the BMI Masterclass with Stephen Sondheim, the ASCAP MT Workshop with Stephen Schwartz, the 2015 New American Musical Award at B-Side Theatricals, and the 2016 Richard Rogers Award. The studio album is available on all digital platforms. Other works include Gates of Remembering, Peter and the Wave, and the Earth Moved, The View From Here, Lines, A Song Cycle, A Relative Relationship, Missing Karma, and Koi Story. We're going to talk today about song cycles in musical theater. Hey Tim, so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I love your show. Thank you. Well, as you probably know, we start right in with our get to know our guest questions. Uh, so what was your first experience with a musical? Um, that's a good question. I feel like my first experience was probably the cast album to The Wizard of Oz. Like I remember being in preschool and um, my music teacher bringing in like a turntable and, a, you know, and a record. And uh, like at the time, my brother and I were like on this kick at home where we would like make audio recordings with a tape player. Um, and I just remember like listening to that album and like there were so many like earworms just like needing to like, you know, record them so that like so like my brother could know them and all this. So like just kind of taping over like a whole blank that we had kind of used to make the Tim and Tom show or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and then him not being particularly happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I was, I was like kind of a, uh, I, I acted a little, I performed as a kid. So like, I think my, like my first kind of on stage sort of thing was, um, a, it was, I mean, it's technically an opera. It's a, by Giancarlo Minotti called help, help the global links. But it was sort of like we were all kind of in doing like, like that whole cast of kids was doing musical like like children's theater and, and community theater. So so there was a little bit of crossover there, I think. Um, but I would have been in fifth grade at that time. Yeah. Cool. I definitely don't know that that children's opera, but it has a really cool title. Uh, what is the last great musical you saw? I, I, up until this, this past year, I was a Tony voter, so I'd seen everything. I think if it's if it's the last show I remember loving, it was probably Kimberly Akimbo. I haven't seen it on Broadway yet. I'm really excited to, but I thought it was really fantastic uh, down Atlantic, at Atlantic last mm -hmm. year, year before, something like that. What's a musical that people would be surprised to find out you love and why would they be surprised? I have a huge like 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 nerd fetish for Head Over Heels. Mm. The Go-Go's musical. Yeah. Um and, and I would I would imagine anybody, yeah, who thinks they know me and and what I what I make cuz you know, I'm composer, I'm lyricist, I'm librettist. I like to create from the ground up and, mm -hmm. and and i guess that would suggest that like i have an opinion about jukebox musicals or whatever but yeah. i think jeff witty is genius um and that show just like i mean i don't know part of the satisfaction i get from it comes from seeing like how give, given the restrictions they still manage to make this beautiful and hilarious thing that is like super queer it is so yeah. queer and unapologetically queer and like just normalizes everything. I just, I just, I loved it. And I was so mm -hmm. bummed that it, it got so, so snubbed. Uh, what's your favorite musical that no one else has heard of? Um, I don't know that no one else has heard of this, but uh, very few people who I talk to recognize it. And certainly when I talk to them about it, 
uh, no one has the same kind of like deep, deep love for it that I do. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's a, a musical called Das Barbecue. Have you ever heard of this? The title sounds familiar. I know I've heard the name, but I know nothing about the show. Okay, so it's a country western take adaptation of Wagner's Ring Cycle. <gasps> wow. <laughs> <laughs> and it was at Manetta Lane in the 90s. I think it had come, I, I just Googled it. So it was, uh, it had been commissioned by someone, some theater in Seattle. Um, and, it, and it went from Seattle to, to New York. Uh, and it featured uh, Carolee Carmelo, J.K. Simmons, and Sally Mays, among others. I think there was, it was a five person cast. Wow. Um, but yeah, like, and it's, it's just, it's, it's chaotic and brilliant and, and, in genre and like it's it's just totally wackadoo like it should it should not exist so so there's that it shouldn't exist in this world yet it does so uh proof that we're not in the worst timeline um but also like has no business existing and being as good as it is (laughs) but it's like that good Um, wow i have to look this up um, who is your favorite hero character or protagonist in a musical? And who is your favorite villain or antagonist? Like, I, I find it very difficult to separate protagonists from antagonists. Something about the alchemy of the of those two, you know, uh, is sort of what I find myself really drawn to. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly enough, if I'm going to give you a straight answer, I really dig the Rags Parkland character. Mm. from rags parkland sings the songs of the future and leo frank and i noticed like the thing that these two characters kind of have in common is that they're like their enemy isn't a person yeah right it's like mob mentality it's society it's you know fear it's ignorance uh, the first like antagonist that comes to mind that i think is sort of memorable would be like trunchbull you know mm-hmm. but i really kind of only like her as a foil to matilda by yeah. herself i'm kind of like Right. Um, and and I think Matilda, though by herself, is actually a very very like endearing protagonist. So mm-hmm. I'll, 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 let's add her to the list as well. What is a moment in a musical that you think gets to a complex emotional state you didn't think was possible to get to? This is probably my favorite favorite question. Oh. Uh, in, in this, I mean, I just like I was like, what what is this question? This is fantastic. <laughs> But I'll just start with Days and Days from Fun Home. Mm-hmm. Like, it gets hypnotic, and I'm just kind of staring and being present. Yeah. And then she says, don't you dare come back. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, like get out. Get out now. Don't look <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's just sort of like, it's hypnotic in that yeah. way. Um, um, so I really think that's probably my my number one. Um and I think for a very different reason, the do you know Dogfight? Uh, I saw it when it was off Broadway. I don't remember it super well, but sort I didn't of remember see it. it. Um, I just you know I I listened to that album when it came mm-hmm. out for days and days. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's a song on it. There's a track called "The Hometown Heroes Ticker Tape Parade," uh-huh. which is just about them kind of imagining how these soldiers will be received when they return home. Um, and it's like, it's so extra and it, there's so much testosterone in it. And, and it's, I mean, it's really just like, but, but not like unknowingly, do you know what I'm saying? Like it's mm-hmm. very, very intentionally extra. Uh, and, and it's really like musically quite thrilling. And, and I, I need to look at a, a sheet or a score to know why. Um, but I, but I can't tell you why I just, uh, mm-hmm. I, I just like what 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 is this? Yeah, I like this very much. Um, and then I have uh, I have I have it all fades away from Beaches of Madison County just because I feel like by the time you get there, mm-hmm. like that's what you want. Um, and another song. Do you know the Blue Flower by Jim? Oh Bauer? yeah, I actually just re-listened to that this week in like a big like renaissance of me like loving that show. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing that you brought it up and i just love that eiffel tower like that uh, eiffel tower yeah. song and i know that it's just sort of a fraction of 
of what that ambitious ambitious show is all about. But I think again, like just in terms of um, contrast, to have all of this like like a dada, and then mm-hmm. suddenly this like beautiful lilting thing. Yeah, you know, like uh, uh, God, it just uh, like I, I get emotional every time I listen to it, and it's yeah. completely. It's not. It's 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 unhealthy how emotional <laughs> I get about that song. Cool. Well, let's move into our topic section. We'll be talking about song cycles and um, what. So, what drew you to talking about this uh, or choosing this topic? A lot of the time, somebody will call their piece a song cycle, and. And I'm really not sure how it differentiates itself from a concert, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I was just curious because, because you know, we can get into it, but like, the more examples that I thought of that were, as I defined them, song cycles, the more they looked like book musicals mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. were just using a very specific kind of modality or whatever. Um, and so, like, I was like, I don't. I don't, I don't know. I, I could, I would like to know. I would like to know more about this thing. Right. Um, so, so that's really why is, is cause you know, like, like, is it, is it an easy way to get somebody to look at your songs and have them think that it's something bigger or <laughs> is it something else? Like, I, yeah. 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 And you said you're working on a song cycle piece. Um, I, I made one, I, uh, mm-hmm. in like, oh, 20, you, yeah, yeah, uh, years ago. Um, I mean, I think, I think, I, I think we did it at Nymph in 2008 mm-hmm. and then, um, and then it sort of has become like a, a perpetual side fun project because it's just songs, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like not just songs, but like, it's just, uh. You don't really have to think about all these characters and where they're going and where they came from and what they're doing and da 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 da. You can kind of just have an idea and put it down on paper and see if it if it makes sense to you know fit into the the larger tapestry. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just it's interesting because I realized too, like after we settled on this idea, that I also have a song cycle piece that I've been working on for years and, and, but yeah, I don't know that. And we've kind of like struggled with like, is this a book musical? Is this a concert? Is, I mean, right now we have a song cycle like written on the title page. So is it a song cycle? Mm. Um, So, and, and yes. So that made me think about that too. So if it's a concert style show, is it, but like, does it, but with like a story arc mm-hmm. with songs that are like fitting a sort of narrative, but not a tight narrative. Right. Is that a song cycle? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a conversation. Do you know Adam Matthias? Yeah. Yeah, so I had a conversation with Adam Thais because whenever I want to hear like a smarter person than me talk about something, like I ask Adam <laughs> what he thinks. So I was like, "What? How would you define?" Because, because uh, I, I think that you know, someone, not me, but someone might look at Sea Rock City and other mm-hmm. destinations and think, "Oh, that's a song cycle," because it's like vignettes. Um, and so I was like, "How would you identify your show?" Yeah. And- <laughs> And this was over a text, so I couldn't really get tone. But in my mind's ear, um, he said, I define my show as a book musical. Uh. <laughs> um, and then he kind of, you know, started to elaborate more on why, like, why he felt that song cycles should not really uh, exist in the musical theater kind of universe. Mm-hmm. Um and the big thing that I learned was that uh, his re- his reasoning seemed to be that, you know, the songs themselves, the, the music itself needs to be iterative thematically and mm-hmm. and change along the way, right. which I mean, maybe at some point someone at NYU told told me that that, that that's what that was supposed to do. I never absorbed that. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, that was sort of like new information. It's like, oh, like, oh, like, it can't just be like thematic. It can't be content 
can't be just lyrical content. It can't be like your big idea. It has to also be music. Well, I certainly didn't do that with mm-hmm. lines, you know. So, um, uh, so I, th- I thought that was interesting. And then, you know, after kind of taking that conversation to its ultimate, its natural conclusion, like I decided that, like, like when it comes to musical theater, a song cycle is whatever the hell you want it to be, and that's okay. So. <laughs> So like iterative in that, like there is like everything builds on it. Everything is building on itself going through into the conclusion. I think so. Um, I think like I see that sometimes in art songs and certainly um, like in opera with leitmotif and and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Like I've I've seen examples of it in the natural world as it were. Yeah. Um, But as it is in a song cycle, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know what to do with that it certainly would be kind of the the enemy of of drama Mm -hmm. in in my opinion so um so that and then adam and i tend to kind of have similar values when it comes to that sort of thing like storytelling yeah um so i just sort of i I think i drew that conclusion myself and then decided that that's what he meant by it uh that because the music is always beholden to itself and what you know what it's trying to do it will inevitably come and work at cross purposes with your dramatic intention, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, I'm thinking about like song cycles and like the classical or art song music sense where I guess they didn't have as much of like a dramatic. It would just be like a, a group of songs that like maybe had like a theme and they were grouped together. But that... But I think then when you put it in a like a musical theater context, does that create the need for some more of a dramatic build because it's theater? <laughs> I mean, I would think so. Like, I, yeah, and I, I don't even say that as a musical theater scholar. I say that as somebody who enjoys going to the theater. Right. right? If you if if you take any sort of dramatic tension out of a moment, I don't care. Right. I mean, I'm looking at my watch and I'm wondering if my phone will make too much light if I turn it on right now. Um, so, so I, I, I would think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting because like, you know, what, what you were just describing, like I sort of look to La Ronde or mm-hmm. Hello again. Yeah. A perfect example of that. Right. Um, but like the last time I checked in with that show, it wasn't, it wasn't really like taking an idea and building upon it. Musically speaking, it was right. just sort of, creating one world leading into another and leading into another and then allowing like the character and the setting and the circumstance inform the music, at least to my ear, Mm -hmm. Uh, which, you know, I mean, again, like I would probably have to find that as a song cycle, but you know, I think if you ask, I I would imagine if you ask like any actor who'd been in that show, they'd be like, no, 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 no. (laughs) It's a, it's a book musical. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. And this is um, hello again by, Michael John Lacusa. Uh, and uh, yeah, I saw I saw a production of that. I guess it was over 10 years ago now when uh, it was off-Broadway with the Transport Group. Such a great production. Yeah, it was so good. It was um, in like, a, we were all around tables. I don't know what the <laughs> space was. It was site-specific, but it was kind of just like a big space and we were yeah. just all around tables. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just remember it being like a loft space, like yeah, you know, like an industrial, maybe some like the it was like a sweatshop or something at one point in its existence. <laughs> I remember beams, yeah, um, and we were I don't know, it was kind of theater in the round, right? Like there was yeah, it was well. Oh no! Yeah, we had to, like move. No, I think we were at the tables, but I think it was happening like all around us. Like oh. I don't think we moved. But it was happening at different like locations around the space, this different scenes. Um, I mean, you could see everything. It was a big right. space, and you can see everything from every from each spot. But um, yeah, like each, you were always looking, like oh, like this scene's over mm-hmm. here, so I'm looking here now, and and maybe they moved a little bit in within each scene, but it was mostly like it would take place. But let that is an interesting structure because it literally is like a, a cycle, a cycle. <laughs> Cause it go like each part, like it's scenes of 
scenes of two people each, right? Yeah. If I, if I remember correctly, it's just, it's two and two and two and two and two. Yeah. Right. And each, so like each one, the next one has one person from the other scene mm-hmm. with a new person. Um, and it like traces, like, it, like each is a, uh, a sexual encounter between these two people. Yeah, I, f- I feel like, um, aren't they like passing STDs to each other? <laughs> Isn't that yeah, I don't, so I, I don't remember exactly if that's ever stated as like what's happening, but I think you can like look at it that way as mm-hmm. like, uh, as as an STD being passed around. <laughs> it could be stated and I don't remember, but. Oh yeah, I think I just, you know what? Because it starts with, um, the sex worker and that's probably mm. where my bias kind of no maybe somebody else's bias I can't uh, yeah i think anymore. i think you're probably <laughs> supposed to infer that that's what's happening who me Don't you know my face? No. You there come and tell your sweetheart where you've been. Hey, it don't matter. Hello. No thanks, I got no time, and I gotta get back to the barracks. You could join me by the river. Don't you got a room somewhere? Trust me, it's the perfect place. Smells like the sewer here. I've been so. What does it matter? Hello again. And each, but like each scene is like a self contained mm-hmm. scene in different time periods. Well, I forget if Lor- the original was in different time periods, but I think Hello again, the musical is in different time periods. There is a build in its own way just like inherently within the structure so would you would you define that as a book musical or would you like i mean i would Um, define it as like six right (laughs) yeah yeah and that's it's such a tricky thing because i feel like the scenes themselves are kind of like like the songs that are the scenes are kind of like book scene songs because you have like characters um there's a situation there's something you know there's an encounter um but each one is like a separate thing and it just moves there's yeah yeah like like, i guess to play the devil's advocate the thing that the thing that that carries over isn't like a character's journey it's Mm -hmm. it's a it's an idea right yeah um and that like for me that goes like a long way i'm always about what's the idea what's the big idea i remember george wolf was on a podcast it was wtf mark maron's podcast Mm -hmm. years ago um i can't remember for what but he had sort of he distilled art (laughs) in a way that i'd never quite heard but really like ticked off every box for me he was like uh, film is about story. Uh, TV is about characters, and theater is about ideas. Hmm. Um, which, like, I was like, that, that that's exactly right. Like, I completely understand what you're saying, and that has always been my value, even though I didn't have a word for it. Um, and so, like, er, you know, ever since hearing him say that, I've always been like about the big idea. Yeah. Um, to, to the point now, it seems like I cannot separate it from the show's identity. 
yeah uh, so yeah i mean i would argue that it is a song cycle even though I mean, if you say the word song around Michael John, who knows if he'll <laughs> slap you in the face or what. <laughs> um, not that I've ever had a, an experience with him where he was violent. Let me just make that clear. <laughs> he was never violent. Uh, I, I actually, I saw his um, most recent show that was in New York. Um, Los Otros? How uh, was fall. it? I missed it um it was it was really cool and that also had a very song cycle feeling to it because it's it's just also two characters Mm. um but only two characters through the whole show so um and uh it's based on the the solo show model i guess because it's based on the inner i think it like came from like those inner voices uh musical uh, that they used to do in New York where like they would have they would have uh, uh, writers write like a I I forget how long they were like a half hour musical for I one feel like person. Even shorter than that. Maybe right? they were like twenty minutes. Yeah. I can't remember how long they were. But it, yeah, yeah, it would be for one person. And I think this may have grown out of that, but it's uh so they're they alternate like the story sing separately and then you kind of realize at the end how they're connected um so it had like a a similar uh like a song cycle feel to it i want to say and i've only seen it once and not heard it since but like see what i want to see is kind of like that Mm. too isn't it yeah i also i saw it when it came out and how and it's been a really (laughs) a really long time since that was uh 2005 we're we're very young yeah (laughs) we're very yeah but that yeah that was michael john's uh lacusa show it was at the public i think in Mm -hmm. 2005 yeah it's hard to it's hard to remember see what i want to see but i think michael john does have that um a lot of his shows have that um kind of structure Mm -hmm. to them not all but obviously I think that's 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 like a i, I want to read that thesis you know mm-hmm. like just sort of the deconstruction of his ways of telling story yeah because he has like giant things like giant where he work mm-hmm. with like a book writer like sybil pearson and or and uh i think they uh rain was the other one they collaborated on i think it's just called rain yeah oh. that never was never in new york I saw like a reading of it at Vassar and then it was at old globe. Yeah. Um, and so he'll have like those shows, but then, and wild party, you know, and then, well, the, the first lady and first daughter suites are also really interesting. And, um, I didn't see first lady suite, but I saw first daughter suite and, um, that that's like well those are those are like i guess similar to hello again in a way but those are those are book little short musicals that if you look at them as a whole are kind of like the vignettes that kind of if you like look Mm -hmm. at it as a whole is kind of like a a cycle i guess but there's like four sections and they're each like a a little musical. Do you know what it's like to have a narcissistic mother? Do you know how it is and do you care? Now you're more concerned about your hair and the stupid tranny clothes you wear. Me, I'm just not into you, mommy dearest. Cause you never try to get into my head. Screw you and your Nancy Reagan red. I don't think you heard a word I said. And you wonder why I wish that I were dead. We all have problems, Patty. Um, I'm just gonna switch gears on you for a second because yeah. I, I, I feel like Michael John's he's blushing now because we're talking about him so much. I know. Um, I feel like he's not talked about enough, so it's okay. Okay. But uh, but yeah, let's point. definitely switch gears. Um, well, I, you guys, one of the other questions that you and I had sort of discussed before we started was like what's the difference between a song cycle and a review? Right. Like, 
Um, I think that's, I mean, I would like to, I would love to know what your take on that is. Because, I mean, I, I feel like in, in me talking just sort of about the, this, the idea of being the thing that kind of uh, is shared by all, like, mm-hmm. I would say the absence of any idea of that kind at all would be what, what constitutes a review for me. I think of, of a review as not having as much of a, a, a narrative, even loose narrative through line and is more like um would just be songs on like a doesn't even have to be a theme it could be like a review that all the songs do this you know or like uh forbidden broadway like all the songs are parodies you know um all the songs or all the acts or whatever it is a review it doesn't have to be all songs i guess um you know are part of this grouping somebody uh i was just talking with on twitter was saying the original grease album was sort of like a review even though there is obviously a story because a lot of the songs most of which were cut for the movie are just like all the characters get a song and they and they're very um you know of the period like really like some of them aren't that narrative they're just kind of like character songs like for the character like those magic changes or mm-hmm. freddie my love or um you know it's like moon the mooning song like <laughs> each you know each character each character gets a song and uh you know and, and that's going on uh, alongside the the actual narrative book portion of the show which is like sandy and danny rizzo you know story Something that I didn't know was a thing uh, until I looked it up because of this podcast was that uh, a review could, uh, like, by definition, doesn't prohibit its own songs from being original to itself. Mm. Like, I was always like, oh, yeah, like, the Stephen Schwartz review is like a collection of his greatest hits and da 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 or whatever. Um, but no, I mean, I, I guess, you know. You can you can generate material for a review that doesn't belong anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Further that's... obliterating any delineation between a size. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. I yeah, I guess. Uh, maybe you could say like a song cycle. Sh- maybe should have like some kind of journey in it, in some way. Whether that's like a character is like singing while they walk through the woods and they get from one end of the woods to the other and I, <laughs> and like that's the end of the song like <laughs> and they're singing while they do it and like that's the end of the but um, whereas a review has no such journey in mind. Okay, Maybe. I, t- I definitely <laughs> get on board with that. Like, I, I mean, I think that that's that's right. Um. I also, I mean, again, like I'm not, this is all just an academic conversation. Yeah. But if I were like a director and Mm -hmm. I had a review, I might stage that very metaphor. Yeah. (laughs) Just to give my audience something more. Right. Um, That could be just more like our modern sensibilities to like mm. go into the theater. It like, and any storytelling thing, like, expecting a a narrative um because Mm -hmm. we've been so conditioned that that's what you know we need when we go in but not like maybe in like 1900s or whatever it was that you know people just sat down to see like a bunch of acts (laughs) or a bunch of songs and not not needing this this yeah, journey. Just, yeah, yeah, I just I, I'm so curious about like what it is that like just I, what my personal kind of uh, uh, firewall is between song cycle and review. Like it just seems mm-hmm. like the more we talk about it, the harder it is to parse. Yeah. Um, and and none of, none of it like to what end? You know, like right, right. <laughs> Well, I wonder, like, 
just as you know people creating song cycles it is interesting to think of what end because that that could be helpful in the creation of it like as i write this song cycle am i writing towards some kind of conclusion or am i not you know i was just thinking i love the way we hear the same figure at the beginning and at the end of the last five years mm-hmm. um, i think that has more to do with since the, the two narratives are running in opposite directions just to yeah. kind of give us a, you know. Um, but, but yeah, like I kind of feel like a song cycle should have this, like leave us with a sense of completion or arrival mm-hmm. in a way that I don't really need a review to. Yeah. But also, is that just because like, I need that in my linear narratives as well. Like, do I, do I need, like, is it the same thing as the Aristotelian catharsis? Like, do I right. need that? Yeah. I think it goes back to journey. Like the, what the show that we were thinking of, like as more of a review songs for a new world, um, that, that has, a, that kind of feels like it has, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it kind of feels like it has a, a little bit of a journey just because like you know the the end song feels like a landing in a way um mm-hmm. even though like we don't really have like a sense of where we're going and you know you know that we're going to get to that spot you know or anything but like it feels like it has an opening and like it it lands at the end, you know. Listen to the song that I sing. Listen to the words in my heart. Listen to the hope I can bring. And the start to grow and shine. Listen to the song that I sing. And trust me. And feels remarkably of itself, even though yeah. I think its origin is like they were all, you know, parts of different shows that he never finished. I guess is that right? Yeah, yeah. And I, I personally, given what we've been talking about, wouldn't call that a song cycle. But I feel like mm-hmm. uh, it, it does um, borrow maybe. Right. So it, it's sort of common. It like we, I wouldn't call it a song cycle either. And yet it still has that sense of like travel and arrival mm-hmm. and, you know, like it closes its own loop. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just talk about some other shows that either are we think of as song cycles or maybe aren't exactly song cycles, but mm-hmm. remind us of song cycles in a way. Um. You had mentioned Rags Parkland sings the songs of the future. Yeah, I I can't go anywhere without plugging that show. I just love it so much. Um, Mm -hmm. So you didn't see it then, right? Yeah, I missed it. Um, Yeah. I feel like it's it's just a linear, it's like a a narrative, like a a book musical that's masquerading as a concert. Mm -hmm. Um, And its audience is sort of participatory in that. But uh, yeah. but it's just a concert, you know. Um, and he kind of walks out, and he's like, "Hey, thanks for coming. Uh, I haven't gigged out in a while since the the Great Moon War of thirty thirty six. Whatever." Like he starts to like seep in like context that we're not where we are. Yeah. Um, and and just in his setting up of the songs, kind of gives us this whole other world uh, and future, and and fundamentally like these relationships that in any sort of time period are still very like the same and universal, which I think is really cool. 
hello. Uh, my name is Rags Parkland. Thanks for coming. I'm gonna play some songs for you. that I could call my daddy up on the phone But probably he's dead And if not, then he's crazy At least it was back when I was at home He's probably glad that I left He did better alone Travel the stars, I'm not sorry that I ran away. I thought I was escaping the end of the world. I believed what my daddy would say. All 14 years hearing that each day would be the last day. He'd say, have you heard that prophecy? Apocalypse in Tennessee Every day the end of days is nigh Oh, comets made of iron and blood The coming of a second flood A million different ways we're gonna die Guess that was easier than giving life a try Just in terms of, like, the concert format, I feel like that's another whole like thing where it's like it's a concert but also a story is being told i mean i think even hedwig is like playing with that is that kind of thing too it's like there is a concert or i am on stage giving this show but um there's also like a story happening <laughs> i as you might know i'm i'm at this place this uh, lovely place in my career now where i i evaluate a lot of things mm-hmm. um and I've seen people try to ape that format, but not, but not for any other reason. But they they just want a, a dramatic pretext to perform live in in a concert setting. Yeah. <laughs> um, like there's no, it's not a means to an end. It's just sort of like there. And I think that it's, you know, so long as there's like a, a reason for it to exist in that way, uh, like I'm all for it. But mm-hmm. it's very, very easy to tell when somebody doesn't have that value because right. none of it's on the page. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds like it's almost like wants to be like a cabaret act or something where you're you're performing and like telling little yeah. <laughs> telling little stories, which is as good as, a, you know, cabaret acts are great. But. Oh, yeah. 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 I should I should uh, contextualize that the things that I'm sort of reading are for specifically like musical theater or music theater kind Mm. of opportunities and stuff. Mm -hmm. So we're always looking at everything through that lens. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Can I ask you about elegies? Yeah. Um, Cause elegies, I think it, it is considered a song cycle. Uh, That's uh, Bill Mm -hmm. Finn's piece. I did see a production of elegies once a long time ago um yeah and it was was, the lincoln center one no um this was a production in philadelphia 2000 around 2005 i would say that i I saw it yeah and it's just you know people singing singing these songs that bill finn wrote around the idea of uh you know memorializing people he knew who had died it ends with a song called Good- Goodbye, um, which seems appropriate. Um, but it has like the song, <laughs> it, songs that I know and have heard a lot and forget that they're from this show, like Passover, Infinite Joy. And I guess he did, a, there was a Bill Finn review called Infinite Joy too. Um, yeah, that was literally like, a concert he gave at Joe's Pub that they recorded and put on, put out, like, you know, mm, yeah, released as a as an album. 
uh mark's all male thanksgiving joe pap <laughs> joe pap any oh anytime yeah. i am there that's also uh one i've heard a lot oh i love that song yeah i love that song anytime you laugh anytime you cry Anytime you hear a sound When you're on the grass Lying on the ground Anytime you wash your hands I'll be around I'll be there on the baseball field Though I'm well concealed I'll be out there cheering I'll be there in the books you it is guaranteed I'm not disappearing fast Anytime, no, not anytime Yeah, and maybe because I've heard these songs done like in concerts or reviews In that review or whatever it is But, but yeah, they're all songs written with this specific purpose, I guess Yeah, I, I saw it I saw it at Lincoln Center when mm-hmm. it was there. If there is anything that has a right <laughs> to mm-hmm. call itself a song cycle, it's elegies. Like that seems yeah. like such a like a perfect. I don't know. Something about it screams song cycle to me. So mm-hmm. there, because yeah, the songs are all on theme. There is like a, I guess, a bit of a journey as you go through with all these people. And I guess the, I didn't remember this, but the last few songs are apparently about 9-11. Oh. Yeah, but it it is interesting, like, how all these songs are, like, taken out. Like, it's so easy to take out songs from a song cycle, too, and just, like, have them be cabaret or review songs. I mean, there must be, there ought to be a way to quantify the value of something once it's been taken away from a larger piece. Like, mm-hmm. like, are you going to, if you miss it, you know how they say, like, if you take a song out of a show and just do it, it shouldn't, like, completely make sense, but it shouldn't make no sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, there should be the reverse of that, where if you take something out of a song cycle, it, it shouldn't it should know it shouldn't be a nonsensical piece without it but it should also be missed a little i don't know i don't mm-hmm. know what i'm mm-hmm. saying yeah. no i get it. like it should you say like you should feel like there is something uh missing yeah like there there it should it sh- there should be there, there should be a reason i mean another way to put it is there should be a reason for it to be there i think we have arrived at <laughs> with song cycles as <laughs> like there's a theme, but also possibly a journey, but it's very, the boundaries are very loose, it seems. Like, I, w- I want to be able to make like a, uh, a blanket statement, but at the same time, you know, we always run the risk of like excluding something that may or may not self-identify in one way or the other. Which yeah. Is not the intention. Um but I mean, I yeah, for my money, I would say that that's like even if you don't call yourself a song cycle, if you have those qualities, like you probably could call yourself a song cycle. Yeah, I guess. I, I wonder if like you could also say with a song cycle, like along with the idea of like theme, like it's it, it's trying to say something. Maybe it's like not like a thesis or anything, like a like a more of a book musical might have, but it's. Like with elegies, like it's, I need to, I need to talk about these people who died. Um, or like I need with what's in it, like, hello again. I need to explore what happens if one thing leads to another like this. Whereas like with a review, like say with songs for a new world, like you could say like, oh, these songs are all about this, but I, I don't feel as much of an intention behind mm-hmm. the. Uh, Somehow it's not enough that they're about like new frontiers. Mm-hmm. Like it's got to yeah. be a little bit more than that. 
Right. Yeah, Is like you I mean? could you could say like, oh, I've collected these songs together, and and there's a theme. There's a theme to it. Like, yeah, new new world, you know, and stuff. But but I didn't collect them all. I didn't like create this piece to talk about new worlds. Like to talk, like to say something to say that, <laughs> you know. Like I think that's what I'm that I'm thinking of. Like there's yeah. like less of a overall intention from the writer or from the collector, you know, whatever it is. I mean, I think that if we're going to get real for a second, that whole show's intention and achieved goal was to change the landscape of contemporary musical mm-hmm. theater for the next 20 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they should accomplish them that, on that front. Yeah. And sometimes reviews or concerts or whatever are just like, this is a calling card for me and my work, you know, or something like that. And that mm-hmm. that's fine too, but it's, it's less of like a thematic or narrative journey intention. I think it's interesting because like, do you know, uh, Paolo Tirol? The, yeah. The yeah. He wrote, a, um, he wrote a piece called, uh, from the side of the world, mm-hmm. which is, depending upon when you ask him, either a book musical or a song cycle. <laughs> um, I think it, it was originally conceived as a song cycle, um, but was so, its intent was so clear and so well executed that people had, myself included, had this instinct to say, maybe it is a book musical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think when something is a song cycle, but is so is so intentional. Someone would suggest that it become a, a book musical. Mm-hmm. Like that, that would speak to our thesis of it having to have this this idea of you know, and in, in his case, of um, an immigrant experience, an immigrant story, um, yeah. Asian, specifically an Asian, uh, South Asian immigrant story. Um, oh, that music is gorgeous too. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, should we move? Should we move on to talk about your "Why Is This So Good" song? I would love to talk about my "Why Is This So Good" song. I just listened to it before we started recording. Yeah, I was so glad you picked this one because I never saw this show. I mean, it it closed very fast, but I remember it, and but I had forgotten about it until uh, you suggested this song, and I just love remembering shows that I completely forgot about <laughs> even though I never saw it so I was really excited <laughs> I was like oh my gosh I remember when this show was on briefly on Broadway I remember I can't believe I forgot yeah, yeah I think it ran something like 15 performances or yeah something like that right I mean it was it was it was a blink yeah so well, this I didn't is... see it on Broadway but I did uh, oh, yeah. uh I, well, this, this is a cool story um I did see it in concert at 54 below a few years ago oh. Um, and, um, and its original cast, uh, had been headlined to appear. One of them, uh, was last minute sick and could not go on. And I got to see one of the writers perform. Oh, nice. Um, and you know, yeah, it was, that particular writer had uh, advised me on my show when I went to the Rhinebeck retreat. So like, I was like really invested and, and. He was fantastic. Anyways, please continue. I cut you off. Oh, I was just going to say, and this is, uh, this we're going to talk about the song, The Butterfly, from the musical Story of My Life by Bartram and Hill. Um, but yeah, so why did you pick the song for Why Is This So Good? Well, you know, if anybody who knows me uh, will attest that I'm sort of like all about dramatic tension and forward motion and like like story songs you know notoriously uh, are not really the conduit for that now i understand when you think of a musical holistically there's a place there should be a place for songs like that to exist in the tapestry um it's just very rarely my taste and very more commonly than not sort of uh, wears out its welcome before it's done 
Um, I can count on one hand the number of story songs that I find to be thoroughly engaging. There's actually three. <laughs> this is one of them, Meadowlark, which, you know, again, open for debate. Um, and the story of Shmuel from the uh, last five years. Um, but like, you know, at least in that one, I can. I, there's so many reasons why that needs to exist where it does and all that stuff. And, 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 and that's part of the reason that I admired that song as well. This one, you know, on the surface, though, it feels like just another story song. Mm -hmm. um, but yet in itself, it's such a beautiful story that even if that's all it was, which it's not, I think that I would just be completely captivated. But um, I also love the orchestration. Like, you know, when, when we first hear about the butterfly and the violins are like, like, you know, doing the violin thing. And, um, and then he gets around to asking the wind, you know, what's your deal, man? And the wind is like, dude, I'm you. And like your tiny wings is the loudest moment. I just like, it's just so satisfying. In a far off land, there lived a beautiful butterfly. In a kingdom full of blossom covered trees. And winding through this paradise, a river danced along and played with the constant summer breeze. Keep going. The butterfly found a tiny branch at the riverside and watched the water rushing who knows where. Carefully he sheltered from the power of the breeze for surely it could toss him through the air. I'm a butterfly, he said, trivial and small. And in the greater scheme of things, I don't mean much at all. So I'll flap my wings to stretch myself and just enjoy the view. I'm a butterfly, what more can I do? One afternoon, the butterfly asked the river, Madam, what makes you hurry so? What splendid destination are you rippling toward? Where, oh, where do you go? The river said, I'm headed for the ocean, and the summer breeze inspires me to rain. My friend, you'd love the ocean. It's remarkable to see. Won't you join our friendly chase? I'm a butterfly, he said, trivial and small. And in the greater scheme of things, I don't mean much at all. So I flap my wings to stretch myself and just enjoy the view. I'm a butterfly. What more can I do? But then like the meta-ness of it, knowing that it's a story that one of the characters wrote about the other character, it's, and like, there's so much that goes unsaid between them. Mm -hmm. And you can see I'm getting a little <laughs> emotional right now. Like yeah. there's, there's just like, it's just, you know, as an artist, it's always like the easier way is to put it into the work and then, you know, let, let some, some cryptic, mind reader parse that out and what the reality of it is but like all of that subtext is so there and by the time we get to it it's it's just the most it's it's i just i lose it i lose it every time <laughs> but that's just me ah. i'm glad to know that you know this song though do you know did you know this song no i didn't know this song i just remembered the show being on broadway and then um then you know listen to this song when you yeah i just love the the relationship between the butterfly and the wind and how like they i guess it's like they they affect you like they needed the wind needs the butterfly i guess and like we're yeah we're, um we're in know, relationship yeah I, I just i so i so love that it's it's all it's like a it's a a Trojan horse kind of message from one person to another too, though. 
Um, and in the context of the show too, he's like, uh, like there's this perpetual George Bailey sort of uh, recapitulation that comes in and out. Um, the Malcolm Getz character um, loves It's a Wonderful Life, but like like George Bailey never leaves home, you know, and and uh, multiple times tries to do it. And the one when he finally gets around to it, um, the Will Chase character is like, nah, it's not really a good time. It kind of screws him over like that. So all these sort of like random circumstances, you know, um, and his timidity and all of this kind of play into the fact that he's never left home. Uh, and suddenly like this, this song just kind of comes out of nowhere. Oh, God. And he's like, no, like he's basically saying, you can do anything. You can do anything. You just need to believe in your, I mean, it's so, it's so lovely. I just wish. Like we, we should all have a friend like that in our yeah. life, right? A friend who just like completely believes in us, sees us for for who we are, and 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 and, and can you know acknowledge that that there are some parts of us that that people don't recognize, but that are absolutely present, so that we're not like we're not being like gaslit all the time. Like I mm -hmm. see your value, and I know what that is, and you can like just to be in your corner. It's just such a wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, like not everybody has that. So I think that's another reason I love it so much. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful song and it's like a, I feel like, yeah, it's like a, like a relationship you don't see as much um, portrayed. Yes. In, I guess in, in a lot of things in, in musical theater and theater and in, in anything really. So it was nice. I don't know the whole show, but just reading about it and hearing the song. Yeah, I'm also super into it, I think, because it's like, we don't see enough men saying that to each other, mm -hmm. you know? And sure, yeah. like, this is a very typically male way of doing it, but it's still, like, there's so <laughs> much poetry to it. <laughs> like, I think it gets a pass for that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, my daughter and I were watching something the other day, and she was asking me, I said something about um, it's another boring story where a boy saves a girl. And she said, why is that boring? And I was like, because we have so many of those and mm -hmm. uh, we need as many stories about girls saving boys or whatever. Um, it was just, you know, a nuanced conversation boiled down to, you know, something that a, a three-year-old would understand. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I just, I think along with like me never ever getting tired of, of like the quote unquote strong female protagonist. Like I'll never get tired of seeing dudes be unafraid to like encourage each other and not like nag and, you know, do all that stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, for Anyways. sure. So he stretched his wings and took off from the safety of his tree. Well, let's uh, move on to the last section, something wonderful, where we just say something in musical theater that we are excited about and want to give a shout out to. This is not a big secret, but I'm super excited about Kimberly Akimbo going to Broadway. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also legit looking forward to Back to the Future. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what, like, I, you know, I was following it in London because a friend of mine was in it um rosie highland she played uh lorraine actually mm -hmm. um and so like i was really curious about it and and lately the more i work in like kind of commercial realms the more i recognize like you know it's, it's so easy to sit in the cheap seats and, and be like there's no there's no art to it um but like there are restrictions when it comes to pre-existing beloved ip that must must be adhered to and, and that's a challenge in and of itself so finding ways to kind of work through that mm -hmm. um is always just seeing the way people find solutions to those kinds of problems has has always really been very 
uh, entertaining to me and fulfilling. So yeah. I'm into that as well. Um, what are you uh, looking forward to? What are you excited about? Hmm. Well, hopefully I do see Kimberly Akimbo maybe this weekend, hopefully this weekend. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I guess I'm excited for Michael R. Jackson's show at um, his new off-Broadway show. It's just like the second stage and the vineyard combined uh, co-production. Um, uh, White Girl in Danger. So, White Girl in Danger? Yeah. So I am uh, excited to see. I saw it at Joe's Pub, like uh, an earlier version of it. So I'm really excited to see like that piece, like realized um, on stage. And it's like, I mean, a strange loop is very, is very Michael, but um, I feel like white girl in danger is going to be like, just this, like if you know, Michael and his love of soap operas and lifetime movies, like this is going to be so Michael R. <laughs> Jackson and <in>, like, <laughs> this amazing way so i'm really i'm really excited to see that you know something else that i'm actually like legitimately excited for uh is uh so i'm on the i'm a festival alum from the national alliance for musical theater their, mm-hmm. their new works festival um i'm on their alumni writers committee and uh do a lot of like stuff with them these days and this year they asked me to evaluate for um for their festival submissions, mm-hmm. uh, which I'd never done before. Oh, nice! Um, and at least in tier one, it's it's entirely um, anonymous. Like I and 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 I looked through every title, and for the first time since you know in twenty years, didn't recognize any of the titles, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about like there were I think a record breaking like five hundred twenty three submissions this year. Wow. Um, like the, the fact that so many people, yeah, like so many people are like really investing their time and creative energies into into something that, I mean, when you look under the hood is, is so just like industry-wide, nearly impossible to get made. Yeah. Like, like that's, it's so encouraging. And so I'm really excited to like sink my teeth into those applications. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Scene to Song. You can write to scenetosong at gmail.com with a comment or question about an episode or about musical theater, or if you'd like to be a podcast guest. Love this podcast? Help it find more listeners by rating it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and leaving a review. Follow on Instagram at Scene to Song, on Twitter at Scene Song, and on Facebook at Scene to Song with Shoshana Greenberg Podcast. Sign up for our monthly e-newsletter at scenetosong.substack.com and contribute to our Patreon. The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald. And check back here in two weeks for our next episode. <laughs>